0: If you want peace, prepare for war. This is Parabellum, a Cyberbit podcast.
1: Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining. Welcome to CyberBits webinar, uh, OT Security Starts with Visibility. Uh, we're going to talk about technology and organizational blind spots and how to solve them. With me are Mr. Cecil Peneda and uh, Mr. Alon Nahmani. We will introduce uh, you uh, very, very shortly. I'm Sharon Rosenman, uh, and uh, I'm VP Marketing at CyberBits, and we're here with CyberWatch uh, Systems. Before we start, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, Cyberbit and who we are. Cyberbit is a global cybersecurity company founded in 2015. We are actually spun out uh, of a large defense contractor called Elbit Systems, a NASDAQ-traded uh, company. We provide a broad uh, cybersecurity portfolio that includes a uh, cyber range, an endpoint detection response, a SOAR security orchestration and uh, automation platform, and uh, a few products for OT, Uh, security. We employ 250 people. We have offices in the U.S., in Europe, and in Asia. We're headquartered in Israel. Uh, As I've mentioned, Cyberbit uh, is uh, specializing specifically in uh, protecting critical infrastructure, actually one of the more mature companies in that space doing it since 2010 protecting various uh, verticals starting from electric grids to airports which we're going to focus a little more on today um, oil and gas repository military infrastructure even smart buildings uh, and uh, utilities uh, just some of the oT assets that we've uh, been monitoring and again the OT space is uh, quite uh, complex as uh, most of you know so in airports we've been dealing with baggage transport or CCTV uh, and even lighting systems in airports and in smart buildings, physical access, HVAC, uh, ranging to all repositories, uh, and many, many other uh, types of uh, assets that you can see on the screen. Uh, again, uh, protecting OT means understanding the multiple ranges of, uh, of protocols and multiple types of devices. So we've got quite extensive experience in that space. Cecil, if you can uh, say a few words about yourself and about CyberWatch systems and your background.
2: Hi guys. Uh, hey, uh, this is Cecil Pineda. Uh, I am with CyberWatch. I'm a managing director there, and also a, a, a the chief information security officer. CyberWatch is a, a uh, we're still a startup, uh, just less than two years old. We have about 28 co- uh, employees today, and about 47 customers. We're one of the emerging players in the Dallas Fort Worth area for cybersecurity. And um, yeah, I'm happy to be here uh, supporting CyberBeat in this webinar. And uh, thank Thank you, Sharon, for uh, the introduction earlier.
1: Absolutely, and thank you. Uh, Let's talk a bit about the agenda and uh, dive right into it. So we're going to start with uh, talking a bit about the challenges and specifically uh, focusing on the visibility aspect, the overview and the challenges that uh, we've seen our customers experience today and later on, uh, Cecil, get into a case study, a very specific case study uh, about his challenges and also his uh, solutions and some of the approaches he's been using in managing a converged IT-OT network at Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport as a CISO. After We're going to focus most of this webinar on that case study. Later on, we're going to talk a little bit about solutions and various approaches to securing IT-OT environments and specifically the the ones that are converged. Uh, We're not going to talk about smart building today. Uh, That's something we sometimes do, and we're happy to talk about that later. I see it's still in the agenda, and we'll leave some time for Q and A. With regards to the Q and A in your go-to webinar panel, uh, you have an option to submit questions, and I encourage you to submit questions uh, to Cecil about anything related to this webinar or anything else, and of course to uh, Alon uh, or to myself uh, around OT security, so we will definitely leave time uh, to answer those questions. We will uh, will see those questions as you submit them uh, and you type them in, and we'll answer them uh, later on. So definitely do that. We'll also stop uh, a few times in this webinar for polls. Uh, we will uh, s- uh, issue some poll questions and we will share the answers with you right away. Uh, that'll come later on. And right now, uh, Alon, I'm going to hand it over uh, to you. Uh, if you could introduce yourself briefly, and then we're going to start the, the, the main part of our session.
0: Absolutely. And thank you, Sharon. Hi, everybody. My, as Sharon said, my name is Alon Ahmani. I come from uh a little bit of a mixed background in cybersecurity and information security. I have uh, quite a few years on uh, Wall Street and the financial sector, as well as in the startup world, even before cyber, but with a startup called WeWork, smart buildings, um, and doing some consulting for um, critical infrastructure and um, airports as well. But with that, let's talk for a second about the visibility um, and the OT security challenges. Um, you know, when, when we think about OT networks and you know, when we when we talk about our OT systems and we talk about what our environments are like, you know, we OT systems were built for usability. So if we think about our critical infrastructures and and how these environments were built, these environments are are built for usability. Often there's no encryption. Often there's not even passwords. And 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 as our attack scenario grows and as you know the attackers and even the nation states try to attack our infrastructure, our our infrastructure is is very open and very out there. So let's talk for a second a little bit about the attacks that we've seen um, in recent years. In 2013, you know, we have the Iranian intrusion into the New York Dam's uh, command and control system. 2014, we have havocs that targeted European ICS manufacturing and organizations. 2015, we had Black Energy, that targeted Ukrainian power companies. In 2016, we have the undisclosed malware attack that targeted the UK energy and, tele- and the telecom sector. In December 2016, we had Industrier. And the crash override and the Kiev power outage. Then in June 2017, we had the um, NotPetya ransomware that targeted the Ukraine power grid, banks, and government, and attacked the U.S. and EU. We also had in August the Trident and Trisis that targets uh, Saudi. Uh, petrochemical plant, ICS, and, and sorry, their ICS and uh, caused an emergency shutdown to their systems. And then between 2015 and 2018, we had, we had the Grizzly Step U.S. Third Report for NotPetya. And in September 2018, this one is actually critical here. We had ransomware that targeted Bristol Airport's flight information display system. You know, we are seeing airports under attack. This is definitely a big threat. What do, what do all of these things have in common? They all have The IT vector, the spear phishing, the drive-by download, and the supply chain vector. They all have reconnaissance and OPC scanning for critical infrastructure devices. And they all have the command and control connection and moving into the OT network. And with that i think so, we have a poll
1: you can see the questions in front of you we have quite a few people on the line uh please read through the questions and i'm going to launch this poll right now you should be able to see it on your screen the poll is now open which of the following ot initiatives would you address first and that's uh it depends on your organization increasing visibility into your ot environment integrating an ot security solution or verifying compliance with industry regulations? Which of the three would you address first? Uh, You should be able to see it on your screen right now. Uh, And uh, not surprisingly, 70% of you Think that OT visibility is the first thing uh, you would address, and then quite evenly. Again, it's not; it's a little more than 100 percent because you had an option for multiple choice. But 30% of you uh, would integrate an OT security solution, uh, which means you're going to focus on security, and the other 24 uh, compliance with regulations. Um, security and visibility, as you will see, are very, very tightly connected. You definitely need to see. Uh, whatever's in there in order to be able to defend it. But uh, I must agree that visibility is the first thing that uh, you would want to address. And I think you'll see that later on in Cecil's uh, case study. Uh, The poll should now be off uh, your screen. And uh, uh, Cecil, I'm gonna hand it over to you for your case study. Over to you, Cecil. Hey
2: Hey guys. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks, uh, Alon. Hi. uh, Yes, my my name is Cecil Pineda. Uh, Again, I'm with CyberWatch, uh, formerly with uh, DFW Airport. And prior to that, I was with GameStop. I was with TXU Energy. I was with Boeing and uh, CVS Health in the past. We're the second largest airport in the U.S. and the fourth busiest. Um, I think we have about almost 700,000 passengers last year. In terms of cybersecurity, not just for not just for cybersecurity, but also for physical security, we collaborate with the FBI and the DHS, and um, we actually have annual visits from the DHS to make sure that we're following their recommendations every year. Uh, I do had a small team there of 11 IT professionals, focused on different aspects of uh, cybersecurity, from compliance to uh, to risk to uh, training security architecture, engineering, and of course, all the tools and of course, incident response. You know, when I started there in 2016, um, we we started from almost at the ground level and uh, our executives, our leadership at the airport uh, recognized the need to focus on addressing cybersecurity uh, not just meeting compliance but addressing the actual risk and I was very fortunate to have really good leaders at DFW airport because they recognize the importance of cybersecurity and that it helps enable us to do uh, you know the airport business this is uh, these are typical services that you'll f- find in, in in a typical airport and and actually um you know after having spent two years there as uh, uh, two years at the airport these are actually just some of the services that we have that are all that are all I, ip enabled every every bit of the technologies in the airports today uh you know just look at the even the elevators the escalators the lighting systems the hvac the uh runway lights all of these are all part of this complex it environment and ot environment within the airport and um, on the right hand side there you could see a baggage handling system Uh, that's a critical component of our services to all our passengers we want to make sure that to think of it you know after being there, working at a very large airport. Think of the airport cybersecurity, not just the cybersecurity side, the IT and the OT side. It's almost like an orchestra. Everything has to be in sync with each other. You know, when those planes land, we wanna make sure that every services that are supposed to be part of that 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 process are all in line and working. When passengers arrive at terminal B, wanna make sure that all those packages go to the Go to the baggage carousel at uh, where they're supposed to be, and all of these are all part of this complex IT system in an airport.
1: What would be like the, the scenario of hacking into a baggage handling? What are the concerns uh, well, of hacking into a baggage handling system? You know, um,
2: it is going it is going it's it's challenging because a lot of the airports today uh, we've done a lot of ways to. Segregate the network from the from you know from the guest Wi-Fi or from from even the in the the primary uh, network within the airport. Mm-hmm. A lot of the airports today they've made sure that every aspects of this you know. Uh, OT and IT and every other IT services are all segmented to their own network. Now, um, I could say that to a lot of the airports, but not for everyone. And there are also some compensating controls we've added to make sure that all of these uh, OT devices are secure. as you may have heard, you know, a lot of these are running PLCs that, uh, and, and software that have been developed in the past few years. So unlike our conventional desktops and laptops and mobile devices where we get constant updates, a lot of these devices are not. Always getting updates, so we had to make sure that we have enough compensating control to, you know, to segregate these networks from the rest of the environment to make sure that they are not being affected by internal or external uh, malicious actors.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
2: So on the left side here, you could see. There's a bunch of these, there's a lot of these devices in the airport, uh, OT systems, uh, baggage, run, runways, uh, even parking control system, uh, I wish I can tell you the numbers, but there's thousands and thousands of I, uh, OT devices with an IP address. Of course on on your right side these are a lot of these iot devices that exist in every airport not just airport every company every manufacturing every organization with a physical location would have all these technologies and unfortunately iot and ot systems these are devices that as i mentioned earlier are always a little bit behind probably a little bit is too nice they're they're always behind on security updates on patches and there are vulnerabilities reported today on different types of IT, iot and iot devices unfortunately it is not very easy for manufacturers to keep up with all these vulnerabilities they have to develop the fix they have to push it out and a lot of these. IOTs and OT systems are not exactly are allowed to communicate to the Internet directly. So it is very hard to get a a real time updates. Uh, Some of them needed to be updated by installing it or, you know, or connecting to a special device via some connectivity. It could be a USB. It could be RS232C or any of those connectivity devices. And some of these are may not even have usb ports they have all these uh, serial ports or parallel ports that have been developed in the past or some of them may may have ports that are proprietary Then you need specialized equipment to uh, transfer the updates to these systems and uh yep and uh sharon the next one and of course as we all know the legacy it system we have all the traditional desktops servers network devices all here and and the challenge for a lot of organizations and um, like airports uh, every organization that have ot and iot is there is a lack of you know um, a, a single pane of glass for all these devices and and all these ot it and iots are all managed separately if you have different people managing the uh, these devices and they don't exactly talk to each other, it's it's very difficult to to be able to secure all these devices at the same time. You know, um, I wish I could share to you uh, about DFW Airport. Unfortunately, some of them are sensitive information, but today I'm also blessed uh, at CyberWatch. I'm helping three other airports and a manufacturing plant right now where this is exactly what the what my clients are dealing today they have all these technologies and they are they're not exactly being managed properly because they have different owners they have different way of you know um, different groups different departments and a lot of times people in the operational side they don't wanna they don't want it managing their their devices so there's a lot of politics also involved in managing these, these devices now on the manufacturer side we all know windows microsoft apple all of these application oracle they, they're pretty good at, at deploying patches and updates but unfortunately uh the left side the, uh, the ot and iot is really difficult so now i think What's really good with technologies like Cyberbit is they have a solution that you can actually manage all of these devices into one single pane of glass. You'll be able to see, you know, you'll be able to identify what they do, their IP address and some other metadata and actually you can protect them against malicious threats. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, this is the, this is a a challenge for uh, every organizations that we deal with today. we have 47 customers, and about a third of them are have OT and IoT systems in their organizations. And every time we go and try to help them, you know, the challenge is who owns these devices. And you know, um, the IT security guys, hey, you know, it's an it's an IT enabled IP enabled device, and we need to secure it. But of course, you know, the operational managers, they've been managing these devices for the last 10 or 20 years and, hey, don't touch it. This is my device and, you know, and and the difficulty is not just the ownership, it's also the skill level. The, the OT guys, they know how to uh, operate those OT devices. The IT security guys, they just know the basic principles of securing, securing these devices, but they don't really know how they work. Uh, in most cases, you know, um, instead of working together there you know, they're you know, they're fighting over who's gonna be managing this device. So I think, you know, it's obvious the, the it's obvious that the solution is to work together as a team rather than, you know, separately. This is very common to a lot of the airports that we work today. And um, a lot of the airports, especially North American airports are, unfortunately, uh, are owned and managed by either the city or the county or the state. So this is, uh, you know, when something happens, uh, you know, um, for example, there's a break, you know, an incident, a data breach or a ransomware, and you need, you know, technologies that could stop the spread of the ransomware and you don't have them. The gro- government procurement is not exactly like in private organizations. You'll have to go through a process of, you know, bidding, bake-off, you know, justifying and reporting the results. And of course, you know, the bidding process itself, you know, who's who's the lowest. One of the challenges that we were able to overcome at BFW Airport is we were able to find a way to hey in case of emergency emergency we have a set of vendors that we can tap into and be able to get products and services in in case we we have an emergency and um and also um in you know talking about you know just in general um we know that cybersecurity threats today we know many of them tomorrow they're, they they were there could be another WannaCry, and you need a new set of technologies that could address those. Uh, it is very difficult for government-owned agencies to respond quickly to threats because we have to go through those motions of, you know, uh, procurement, and those procurement processes are there for good reasons to, so, you know, to make sure that everyone uh, is given equal opportunity and it was fair and, you know, there's no malicious intent to earn money uh, or, or or bribe someone. But again, it's from a cybersecurity point of view, the procurement process is one of the most, uh, you know, challenging when you work in a government um, agency. Uh, and finally, of course, is recruiting OT experts. Um, the, it is, you know, we have um, we help our, all our customers find cybersecurity experts. And it's very difficult to look for cybersecurity experts with an OT background. A lot of these OT technologies are very unique. If you look right now at major me- metropolitan cities, to look for someone who has an expertise on, you know, on, for example, for airports, for baggage handling. Hey, you can find anyone. You'll have to probably look nationwide to look for uh, really good OT experts. and um, So that's a challenge. And I think not just for OT, at least in generally cybersecurity experts uh, everywhere around the world is a challenge. Yeah, so from a management perspective, we had uh, one of the first things we were able to, you know, why we were successful at DFW Airport. And a lot of the customers that we deal with, the common theme is that, They get support from their executive management. And um, in this day and age, I know that there are still some executive leaders who are, you know, they're still not convinced that cybersecurity should be. Top of mind, and I've seen companies who are successful in cybersecurity because their senior leadership, uh, you know, are you know, are providing their full support. That survey earlier, that's a very good one. Again, 71% of you, I think, answered visibility. This is really true. You can't protect what you don't know. Uh, you need to identify all your devices. You need to be able to identify what's the the, the highest risk devices uh, down to your, you know, down to your, you know, lowest risk devices. You have to make sure that you have to apply security controls to many of them, segregating that network, applying patches or updates. You'll be surprised, you know, you'll see a, a device in your system that may have been installed back in 2008 and no one has done anything to protect it. And I can tell you, 99% 99% of the time, if you call the manufacturer, they there is probably an update, but no one bothered to update the software or the firmware. Um, utilizing third parties, uh, again, um, as I mentioned earlier, I, have, I don't have a lot of people in my team, so we had to use third party. Uh, for anyone on the conference call who are in the critical infrastructure space, I know you can Uh, ask DHS to help you. It's just a matter of scheduling. DHS will send people to help audit assess your environment. So um, there's a lot of expertise outside, you know, in the industry, CyberWatch one of them, but I'm not here to advertise that. I'm really sorry, but there are so many organizations today that can help assess your IT and IoT risks. Of course, we all know this, IT risk is not just you know, an IT problem. It's a business problem. And if anyone has seen the latest report report on the from the World Economic Forum, you can see that cybersecurity is just behind climate change. Even governments around the world experts and analysts believe that cybersecurity is a, you know, is a is a critical business risk for many of us. Um, Yeah, from a technical perspective, as I mentioned, we need visibility in all IT, OT, and IoT. You need a solution that could cater to all three types of, you know, device classification. Uh, You need technologies that are agentless, of course. Many of these IoT and OT devices, they have no, you know, uh, a facility to uh, install agent, and many of them are running proprietary uh, operating systems. Some might be specialized Linux or Windows uh, variant, and there's no ability to install agents. So having a solution that doesn't require agent would be very beneficial. Of course, dedicated sensors for OT and IT, OT network monitoring and detection. Um, we have sensors for all our IT device. We have antivirus. We have IPS. We have every EDR sensors and UBA sensors for all our for all our traditional IT devices, but our OT and IOT devices they also need sensors as well. So you know their, what's happening, their health level, or if they're compromised or not. Of course, as I mentioned, dedicated sensors for IT device monitoring and detection. And I think there's another line there. And of course, one system to ingest and manage the incident across IT, OT, and IOT. Just imagine not having to go through five, six, seven dashboards. So, having a single pane of glass, when you see an alert, it turns red, you get an alert, you open a ticket, and you can actually do your order orchestration within the same um, tool without having to you know to use another tool for orchestration thank you
1: very much it's interesting too that uh, actually besides the visibility, the main challenge is probably the operational challenge and just getting the teams to to work together and having a shared goal. I think uh, maybe that's something we need to discuss later, but how do do the, those technologies also actually help getting the IT and the OT on the same page? I think this is a challenge that sometimes we overlook. So it's very interesting to hear about that. Cecil, so that ends uh, the case study part. I'd like to thank you for that. Uh, definitely, you're welcome to jump in and uh, uh, and comment later on, of course. So Well, we've completed the case study, and we're going to start talking a little bit about uh, solutions. We're going to start uh, with a poll. Uh, and question uh, here is, uh, Uh, is about uh, collaboration so we actually uh, talked about collaboration between IT and OT teams and we really want to ask you uh, whoever of course of you are actually experiencing that uh, how would you describe the rapport between your IT and your OT teams and uh, I'm going to uh, launch that right now it should be in front of you so the options are One is well-coordinated and collaborated. Uh, Number two is uh, we go out for a beer every now and then, or they go out for a beer every now and then. And number three is wouldn't recognize each other in the hallway uh, or literally very, very um, minimal uh, collaboration. And let's see what uh, what you have to say about that and how does that work in your organization. The majority, although it's very interesting because actually... All of you, none of you are kind of in the middle. All of you are either uh, well-coordinated or totally not coordinated. Most of you uh, are not coordinated at all, so wouldn't recognize each other in the hallway. Number two, actually, a lot of you, uh, which is encouraging, actually have pretty good collaborations between the teams. Uh, So I would say these are the two options, but still the majority, which is not surprising and reflects what we see, is that more than half of you would say that the IT and OT teams are uh, entirely disconnected. And that's something that we will need to keep on uh, working on both on the organizational side and also in finding the right technologies that get uh, both teams on the same page. Uh, I've uh, finished, I've closed the the, uh, poll uh, and we will uh, move on. And uh, Alon, uh, I think you can take it from here and talk a little bit about the toolbox that we have for IT and OT. and Maybe give some context on the various approaches and solutions
0: that are out there,
1: uh, and how do they uh, Yeah,
0: go ahead, Alon. Absolutely. So, so the, b- before I begin, I just want to say, Cecil, thank you very much for that um, very enlightening uh, case study. Definitely uh, enjoyable. Um, you know, when we talk about the IT and the OT toolbox, you know, we we kind of have our IT network and our OT network. We have our you know, unidirectional gateway uh, between the two. We have encryption across, and we have, you know, the network segmentation or VLANing across. But if we look at the IT toolbox, you know, we have IPS and IDS. We have the WAF. We have the firewall. We have the IM. We, we have antivirus. We have so many tools in our, in our chest almost that, that, you know, so many things that we can do. In the OT network, all we really have is the ICS detection, and a lot of that is by design. You know, there are a lot of vendors out there that won't allow you to you know, actively scan the environment or, you know, even run SNMP in the, in, in the environment. There are, you know, again, these are the networks that are built to, to last, are built to work, are built to, to be our workhorses in the environment. So, there's not a lot out there that we can do, and there's not a lot out there that, that we have to work with. But with that, um, I'd, like to, I'd like to talk about um, what we can do and how, how can we increase our security posture in the organization. Um, and step one, um, show on the next slide, please. Uh, step one is enhance, you know, our IT security. Um, you know, use MFAs or multi-factor authenticators. Segment your network to uh, control uh, communications. You know, monitor what's going on in your environment. Have have identity access management. The multi-factor authentication. You know, network configuration. The VLAN. The segmentation and obviously monitor what's going on you know you can use there's so many tools out there you can you know you can use netmap and and and, and span a port i mean the the the, the really the, the the options are endless i mean from anywhere and, and I, just, I i don't want to mention specific vendors out there but you know there are so many options and and i can tell you you know there are many enterprises and many even Fortune 10s that use multiple solutions, one on top of the other, one in parallel of the other, to really make sure that they're monitoring and collecting as much information as they can. Step two is revisit your network infrastructure. You know, Look at your network, look at kind of the enterprise network map. You know, a lot of organizations will go through uh, a renaming and as part of a, of a renaming asset, so they'll you know, go through their asset database and then look at how things are configured revisit the architecture as well. You know, implement segre- se- segregation between the IT, the industrial IT and the OT networks. Um, you know, your your enterprise IT with your e-commerce and your, you know, Wi-Fi and the file server, the web servers, you know, your industrial and your enterprise DMZ with what you're publicly hosting and, and, and everything, you know, through your firewalls and your manus and of course, you know, your industrial networks, um, Make sure they're even separated from each other. You know, you want to make sure that even if one is compromised, and and obviously we don't want that to happen, but if one is compromised, you want to make sure that that compromise can't make it into another one. That's also something to think about. You know, step three, obtain a full OT visibility. So, you know, get a map of your OT network. It could be, you know, making sure that you know every single device that's on your network and making sure that there are devices that, that aren't rogue on your network. Make sure that you know when something gets plugged in. You know, even, even if something gets assigned an IP address or some, something is, is taking an IP address, again, this sometimes might be an issue because you can't scan your networks. But map out the OT network, identify those devices, you know, identify the IT-OT uh, touch points and then where the two kind of either overlap or where data can flow from one to the other, and obviously identify um, vulnerabilities. Intro Shield, you know, our passive OT monitoring that does deep packet inspection um, allows you to actually do everything that we just spoke about you can you can defend against attack vectors like insecure remote access an open non secure uh, line to connect to the industrial network um, from either the corporate network or even from the outside I mean who doesn 't remember the the 1980s uh, classic hackers where you know it just was a phone number and the kid was able to log in you know you 'd be surprised how many it in, uh, sorry how many ot environments still have a modem as a, as a you know out of band management and and people are able to log in it's, it's Actually scary, um, you know. You also want to make sure that infected laptops that are connecting to your network, you know, can't do that. You know, NAC is, is a great solution there. Just making sure that your environment. Not only are you implementing the security, but you're also monitoring to make sure that the security is still in place. You know, you you, you can install all the tools, but if a user that you have has admin access, I mean, it doesn't really matter. You know, attackers can penetrate through your network through uh, insecure RF connections. You know, we we just spoke about those. Uh, modem phone lines, you know, RF, you know, I need to tell you, there are some um, power plants in the U S that have RF that that cover, you know, larger than their environment. If we're talking about, you know, a nation state attack, who's to say that there isn't a van outside with an RF antenna trying to hack in and you really never know. So you want to make sure that you really monitor everything that's going on. And the last thing is the PLCs can be uploaded with infected uh, firmware or logic, you know, Our attackers, once they're in your network, they might even upgrade their own firmware. I mean, you never know. You want to make sure that you know the next firmware that's coming in. You know what's going on in your environment. You know, go through change control a lot. Listen, I I used to be the one to say that this, you know, change control was too much and it was, you know, a huge overhead. And why does everything have to be reviewed? And why does everything have to be um, checked and, and, and approved and all that stuff, well, you know what, there's a reason for it. And you want to make sure that, that that the firmware is approved and that it's upgraded in time. As Cecil said, you know, sometimes you'll turn around and there's a new firmware already out there. You want to make sure that you're staying on the edge and, and, and you're staying on, on the the current version. But you also want to make sure that, you, you know, you're getting that firmware from a trusted um, vendor, And and not you know the manufacturer and making sure that you're installing it not not a third-party vendor that you don't necessarily know who they are or check their employees you know a lot of a lot of the OT networks you you require background checks but when it's a contractor that's not always the case so that's something to just keep in mind Um, now back to step four you know with us you're able to create a baseline for the OT uh, show next slide please. You're, uh, with step four, you're able to create a baseline for our OT anomaly detection. You know, so you can get alerted for those unknown hosts that we just spoke about, the unknown and known vulnerabilities, and policy violations. So we kind of create a baseline after we've been running and making sure that you know. Everything kind of sticks to that. There's, there's no new devices that, you know, when new vulnerabilities become available, we'll alert you about them. And when there's a change in policy, you know, we spoke before about our deep packet inspection. We're not just about the, 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 the past or, or, you know, things that are communicating, but also if things that should be communicating are communicating about certain things that they should not be communicating, such as, you know, a controller telling a centrifuge to spin faster than, you know, the, the, the manufacturer's uh, recommended speed. Want to know about that's that's even though the path, you know, the controller is supposed to tell the centrifuge to spin and at what speed, you want to make sure that it's not, you know, it's still within the operating parameters. The other thing that you can see on your screen right now, and this is showing back to your comment before about working together, um, the IT and the OT, you know, you can see, um, on on the left side that, that we identify hosts, and when we identify hosts, you know, we're able to actually help with asset management. So for those of you who are on the call who are, who are from the IT side of things and you're familiar with kind of CMDB and then, you know, IT assets and, and everything gets tied to an invoice. And then, you know, invoices get reported to accounting. And when something gets decommissioned, that also gets um, reported and, and you have depreciation on the accounting side and all of that. We're actually able to help the OT side when when – you know, IT has set that kind of precedence with the accounting departments and, and with the way of managing assets, we're able to bring the OT in, into that side of things and actually do it in a similar way that that's already the standard for most organizations. Um, and with that, Sean, I'll turn it back to you for the next episode. Uh, and then step five, consolidate the OT and IT incident management with SOAR, you know, ingest multiple feeds with our SOAR solution, our SOC 3D, um, leverage automation and enforce playbooks. So, Using our stock 3D solution, you can see here, we're actually able to kind of give you that single pane of glass um, from both the IT and OT environment. And when you're on the, on the information security side and you want to make sure that you know, you're managing both sides of the house with the same efficiency, we can definitely help you do that as well with our SOC 3D solution. And I believe we have another poll.
1: Indeed. Thank you very much, Alon. I think, uh, yeah, I'll take it from here. Uh, Thanks very much for that uh, explanation. I think, just to summarize, I think, uh, with regards to getting the teams uh, together, what we find, and again, it's it's related to any solution you might have or choose, but some of us want uh, security, some of us want continuity. We need to bear in mind that uh, those monitoring solutions can actually help both sides of uh, of the ocean, the OT and the IT folks. So uh, monitoring solution like like you've showed alone, uh, not only detects threats, but it also detects any any policy violation, any continuity risk, as you've mentioned. The centrifuge that's been re- configured to the wrong speed is not necessarily a cybersecurity threat, and I think this is where the OT people start to it starts to resonate with that side uh, because it's not always about Security. It's just about finally gaining visibility and understanding that just something is going wrong, uh, which, again, is not necessarily a security system, but it does help get, keeping things running. And, and that's important for the OT folks. Uh, I think uh, I'd like to uh, move on to our next poll. Uh, and uh, this is something that uh, you're welcome to answer if you like. You're not obliged to do it. Uh, and we're very interested uh, to hear about your plans for the next future and maybe your colleagues will also uh, want to know, what are your priorities uh, for the next uh, 12 months? Uh, is it uh, a uh, an OT solution at the network level, as Alon mentioned earlier, like unidirectional gateway or a firewall? Are you planning to start with the network level to, uh, within your network? Uh, are you planning on actually deploying an OT monitoring solution such as an IDS? Uh, We see that uh, actually a lot of you are planning to start, uh, first of all, more than 50% of you, and again, this is multiple choice, uh, more than 50% of you are planning to do something uh, on the OT side. None of you, uh, 0% of you feel that you're all set with your OT security. So everybody feels that there's something to be done. And uh, quite evenly, um, half of you are planning On a network level solution, and half of you on the OT. I can't say if it's the same half or different ones. We'll we'll know that later. Uh, But uh, roughly 50% of we are planning to uh, initiate an OT security uh, project, uh, either on the network or on the on the network uh, level or the actual monitoring solution or both. Uh, So thank you very much for that. So hold on, we're going to again open up for questions now. We're going to look into the questions that you've already presented. Uh, I'm again calling you to, any of you have not submitted a question, this is the time. Uh, There's quite a few of you on the line. So uh, please go ahead and submit those questions. So I think the first one, uh, Cecil, is for, you, and it's quite a general one. um And this is um, very general. What are you? What actually are your considerations, and, and as a CISO, uh, when choosing your OT security solution? So, what would be those considerations? Number one, definitely
2: something that we need something that will be a good fit for our organization. Having said that, what I'm trying to say is, we need a single platform that will be able to manage all these IT and OT devices. Also, um, I know this is going to be a little, a little difficult. Uh, I have to explain because we are a uh, a lot of the airports in the in the in, in the United States are we don't exactly have a uh, bottomless budget. Uh, uh, cost is still, um, even though I hate to admit it, that you know you get what you pay for, but. Cost is really important for uh, an airport um, who are you know trying to make the most out of the of the budget. So, cost would be very important factor in determining the solution we're gonna pick. Uh, and the other one is probably something that you know I have limited staff, and um, automation should be part of the solution. Uh, having a solution that could detect, be able to you know, to tell us what needs to be done, or at least a way for us to, you know, guide us through the remediation process. I know a lot of people said there should be a remediation, uh, 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 you know, a facility for a lot of the tools today. And unfortunately, automatic remediation will probably not work, especially for airport systems. Uh, But at least, you know, if we can find something that could automate many of these uh, alerts, reduce the noise. The noise is probably one of my biggest problem. A lot of the security tools we have today, in every companies that we work with our clients, uh, uh, the alerts are almost unmanageable. And the number one complaint I hear from them is, hey, how can we reduce this noise and be able to only act on legitimate alerts? So I guess those are the few reasons. Uh, we're going to consider.
1: Okay. Thanks very much. Uh, I have uh, a long question to you. Uh, when you say uh, visibility, what actually do you mean in terms of visibility and what actually does your solution support?
0: Sure. So so our skate issue solution um, is, is a passive monitoring solution. You know, I, I love to say that we kind of take an NSA approach. We sit on a span port on your OT environment. We listen to the packets that are going over the wire and through that we create a picture you know through what's communicated whether you know it's it's the formatting whether it's uh, certain information that's communicated um as well as other proprietary ways we put together a picture of your environment from an an IP address to the vendor to the firmware version to which um, protocols the device is speaking, and so on and so forth. Thank you
1: very much, Alon. Uh, there's another question to Alon. From your experience with your customers, are any of your customers using uh, a managed OT security service, or are they mostly managing their OT in-house?
0: Um, I think I think that depends on the the size of the um, organization. You know, when you're talking about kind of the larger organizations and, and the more um, Fortune. 500s and above for the most part, you know, they're, they're running their own shop. You know, a lot of times they'll even have their own um, tech ops organization that'll write their own code. You know, when you're talking about the, you know, organizations that are a little less um, focused on it and security, then a lot of times they'll bring in an MSSP to kind of help them along. Um, I think it, it does directly correlate in my opinion to how they manage um, not just their IT, but their OT as well. You know, a lot of times we'll see organizations where the management of OT, firmware, upgrading, replacing devices sometimes is, is contracted out. Oftentimes if that's contracted out, you know, we'll also see the, the security and even sometimes the IT contracted out as well. One small note on, um, you know, when you do contract um, OT uh, management out, you know, I, I will say, I'm not going to say where, but I will say that I have seen using our SCADA Shield device that um, a certain contractor had lost the credentials to um, log into the devices to upgrade the firmware. So instead of logging in as you would, they didn't want to admit that they lost the credentials. So what they did every time was they would actually hack the device in order to access the firmware and make whatever upgrades or whatever changes they needed to make. And that's something that, that, for example, that we identified um, what's data shield
1: that that's amazing i, I think I, I gotta say that uh, again from a broad perspective i we definitely see that and it's not surprising that mssps most of them are not do not have the expertise uh, in ot it's something that they're uh, now trying to gain There's of obviously a growing uh, need. For that, not every organization can actually manage their own uh, OT monitoring or OT security. We find that, that some MSSPs lack that, and we're actually we're actually working with some of them to create uh, those capabilities within the MSSP. It's not trivial uh, at all. Uh, here's a question uh, to Cecil, quite an interesting one, about the procurement challenges that you've mentioned. Uh, so the question is, Cecil, for you, regarding the procurement challenges. Uh, a lot of airports ask for unlimited liability. How do you manage that uh, when trying to sell security products? So actually, it's a question <laughs> to you, maybe not as as the CISO, the former CISO of Dallas Forth, but now as a, uh, as a consultant, uh, actually working with those. Uh, customers but you actually see both sides so it would be interesting yeah. to hear uh, your, your answer on that
2: well um, that's a very good question and uh, I've been asked many times about that during my days as a CISO of the DFW Airport one of the good things having worked there in a large organization we do have legal people to deal with them and um, I've been asked maybe at least five six times uh, during my time there Cecil, we cannot do this uh, we cannot offer Unlimited liability, and um, I know uh, that in a couple of instances we were able to limit the liability to the cost of the project. But we had to work a lot to uh, to describe uh, and explain to our legal team the potential impact of that project to our organization. So we had to demonstrate to them that. This project will not impact the operations of the of the airport. So, in in very very few cases, we were able to I was able to sit down with our legal and our vendor to find that middle ground. And um, I think we were able to one instance we were able to come up with you know at for the cost of the project. Uh, however, there are some projects that could potentially impact the airport in a negative way that's why they have that unlimited liability and I can tell you some vendors actually sign up for that and um, and I know that we've lost uh, some potential consultants and vendors because of that you know uh, of that requirement as well so it is very difficult to overcome that but you know from the perspective of the airport, i'm pretty sure a lot of you knows the excuse me the criticality of the airport operations that's why they put those requirements there so I hope I answered your question.
1: Those are the only questions that we have. We don't have any more, but uh, we will be at RSA in two weeks. Uh, We will be there with all our solutions, the security orchestration, our cyber range, uh, our uh, SCADA Shield OT security uh, product, uh, and also our SCADA Shield mobile, our mobile version of our SCADA Shield product, which is basically our OT solution packaged in a suitcase, in a trolley, uh, uh, which you can take to any plan, to any site, and do instant audit and instant monitoring. That's a very, very interesting, very innovative. Actually, it has not been announced yet. The the, the announcement will go out uh, this week, and we're going to have that product at our RSA booth. If any of you is, are attending, uh, RSA me. And alone, we will both be there, and we will be happy to show any of those solutions uh, and uh, walk you through them, uh, including a demo. Uh, so again, I'd like to thank you very, very much uh, for being here. I'd like to, again, thank Cecil uh, for the uh, educating case study. It was a pleasure uh, to hear, although it's the second time that I'm hearing it and still learning each and every time. And and it's great. Uh, So thanks very much. Thank you, Alon. And thank you all for your time and and for joining. And uh, we hope to be in touch with you all and see you on our next webinars. There'll be more. So thank you very much and goodbye.